Whether you're a pro athlete, an exhausted parent, or you spend all day in an office chair, CBDMD wants to give you the support you need to make it through the day. CBD Freeze and Recover are an outstanding duo of topical products with specialized formulas to provide targeted relief where it matters most. And to make it even easier to try Freeze, Recover, or every other CBDMD product, you can take 25% off your next order when you use the promo code NBA at checkout. Once again, that's CBDMD.com. Promo code NBA for 25% off your purchase of superior CBD products from CBDMD. Guys. Today, I'm looking back at all of Wednesday's action in the NBA. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore Beeble and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Today, nine games in the NBA. We're going to cover all of them. So let's start talking about them straight away now. The first game we look at, the big win for the Raptors, 137-115 over the Washington Wizards. Norm Powell, big game again from Storm and Norman. 32 minutes, 28.7 rebounds, 4 assists and 2 steals. The difference in this bloke's efficiency and his activity and everything he does when he starts is phenomenal. He shot 35% and scored 10 points a game in his bench games. And now he's shooting like 58% or 56% from the field as a starter. How he reacts to going back to the bench, if that's what they do, unless they start Siakam at center, um, will be very, very telling. I would be attempting Sal Highs. He's the 14th ranked player over the last two games. Two games, two weeks, sorry. He had 46 fantasy points. This level of efficiency, this level of usage, this level of playing time is going to be really hard to achieve when Ananobi's back. So that's going to be um, it's going to be tough, but this was awesome. Kyle Lowry, twenty-one points, five assists, two steals, five threes, and a block. Good game from him. Interestingly, low usage game from Van Vliet. He still had fourteen, four, and seven, but only took ten shots. Usage of just eighteen percent. He's been very up and down. He's been awesome, but he's been very up and up and down. While the wiki Chris Boucher looked like we're in for an absolute stinker. Very low minutes in the first half, but ended with twenty-five minutes. 17 and 16 with two blocks, elite efficiency. It's going to be a rocky ride. We know that, but it's worth it. It's worth holding. Don't drop him at all. Just keep going with uh, Boucher. Well, Siakam had 26 and 5, three threes. Good game again from him. Aaron Baines. No need to worry about about Aaron Baines in a 12-team, 14-team, 16-team, maybe even 18-team league at this point. He occasionally gets a big game in terms of minutes, but the production doesn't warrant any sort of investment there. For the Wizards, Westbrook. Terrible first half, much better second half, and his efficiency was fine overall. 45% from the field, hit both his free throws. He was a team worst, negative 22, and whenever he plays, they seem to lose, which is something they've got to figure out. 23, 6, and 7, though, from a fantasy perspective, is not bad. 39 fantasy points, while Beal had 24, 4, and 5 with two steals. And Alex Len, only 21 minutes for Len, but you love the production. 11 and 5, a triple one, 83% shooting. He is, to me, the center that I want pretty clearly there. It's going to be frustrating, but I don't mind having him in 12-teamers. Rui Hachimura, second good game in a row. 15 and 7 in 32 minutes for Rui. 43% shooting only. 
He is the 228th ranked player this year in category leagues. He had 29 fantasy points here. Much better points league guy. Absolute 12-team points league guy to roster. Um, category leagues, I am absolutely not as convinced on that. I think he's more of a 14-team league guy to 16-team league guy. I don't know what to do with Davis Bertans. I'm dropping him in points leagues. I'll tell you that now. He started again, played 28 minutes, had nine points, all from threes, and did jack shit. Like, he just did nothing else. And that's the problem. He's, he is a glorified three-point streamer at this stage. I know he was pretty good last year, but that's last year. It's just not happening for Bertans. And if you're in dire straits, you need to clear roster spots. You've got injured players, meaning you need streaming more than ever. I think that you have to consider him at least somewhat on the chopping block. Denny Avdia had nine points in 27 minutes with seven rebounds, but hard to see him outside of the deepest leagues. While Ish Smith uh, had an issue with a cut on his face, they said he would, would return. He never did. And that meant Hal Neto played 27 minutes. I just I don't understand the hatred for Troy Brown from Scott Brooks, but good coaching and Scott Brooks are diametrically opposed basically all of the time. Let us go on to the next game here. We've got the Atlanta Hawks. Uh, and the Dallas Mavericks. The Mavericks win at 118-117. Let's talk about the Baptist John Cons, and let's get something straight. And it is wild, and again, I said this all the time, Like as you get more popular and more people view things, the way things get misconstrued, I'd hate to be like an actual celebrity, but the way things get misconstrued is, is weird to me. Man, why do you hate John Collins? Why do you think he's such a bad player? Like, I don't. I was higher on John Collins than almost anybody last year. I had him inside the top 20 before last year's drafts. I've been higher him than almost anybody. And when I say I think he might regress or I think he might get worse, it's not me criticizing him as a player. It's me trying to figure out how everything works together. And when I say that, I didn't expect DeAndre Hunter to be out with a knee injury to miss 10 weeks. I didn't expect Bogdan Bogdanovich to miss all of the season. I didn't expect Chris Dunn wouldn't play. I didn't expect Onyekara Kongwu you know, would barely be in the rotation. Big game from Collins. I really like him. I think he's an excellent fantasy guy, but... Me saying, oh, he's a very good fantasy player. That's great. Just go ahead and, and you know, Dutch rudder him with all of your hands at once. It's not helpful to anybody. I thought I gave my thought process on it pretty clearly, and I'll give it again here. He was great. 33-8, and eight, a triple one, a true shooting of 80%. Hit all six of his free throws, 72% from the field. But there are people who get absolutely blinded by things, so I'll come out and I'll say it again now. That's a sell high, and I'll tell you why. Clint Capella played 21 minutes due to foul trouble. So over half of the minutes that John Collins played were at, was at center. That enabled him to get more minutes. Now, if they're going to push Gallinari to 30 minutes, are they going to put Gallo at the three? I mean, they will at some point. But that sort of playing time from Collins, and I've said ad nauseum, his numbers are significantly better when he plays at center. But if Capella comes in and plays 32 minutes, that means there's only 16 minutes available at center. That would mean zero minutes for a Kongwu. And I'm just not sure that Collins gets that sort of run. It's not me being a hater or thinking he's terrible, because I don't. I think he's good. But it's about trying to understand where the value is coming from. He's playing at a high level, and Hunter's absence helps him, because Hunter won't play any four. It opens up minutes for Gallinari to take all of those back up four minutes, and even squeeze five or six minutes in as a three. And that helps him as well. That helps Collins a lot. So you know, will his value be able to maintain as a top 40, top 35 guy over the next two months? Yeah, probably. Real chance of that. But again, watch today because foul trouble to Clint Capella meant two-thirds of Collins' minutes came. Uh, sorry, a bit, bit less than two-thirds of Collins' minutes came as a center. Trey Young played 42. That's just a ton of minutes. 25, 7, and 15 on horrendous shooting, but nice volume. While Fanta Pants, Kevin Herter, 
For the short term, at least until Bogdan Bogdanovic is back, he's a must roster. 23 and 8 with four threes and three assists for Herder. Shot the ball well. It helps that Hunter's out. It helps that Dunn is out. It helps that Bogdanovic is out. It also helps that Cam Reddish just isn't very good. Reddish had a stretch of about six weeks last year where he was good, and the rest of his NBA career has been him holding up the trophy, smiling, saying, I'm the worst NBA rotation player. And I know that's harsh on the kid. And he did show big signs of improvement, but he's shown the equal signs of regression this year. He's just been terrible. That is helping Herder. It's helping. It helped Hunter to begin this year. Herder's a 12-team league guy for now. Reddish is not a 12-team league guy's asshole. He's struggling. He's really struggling. And I hope for the hope for better for him. But seven points, 27 minutes, 29% shooting. He just can't shoot. He just cannot shoot, and that's a real problem. Speaking of cannot shoot, Danilo Gallinari went 17% from the field in 30 minutes. He had 11 points, but the most encouraging thing there is the 30 minutes. He's not a guy that does much apart from score, and he's always going to have field goal issues, but <clears throat> him getting to the line six times and hitting them all is awesome. I'm not convinced he's an absolute 100% must-roster 12-team league guy. In fact, um, in fact, I, I don't think that he is, but that's encouraging. And again, the absence of Hunter does help him push those minutes up a little bit. As I said, Capella had foul trouble. That's why his minutes were low. Onto the Mavs. Doncic, 28, 10, and 10, 37 minutes. Great game. Finney Smith, 37 minutes, eight points, two threes, one steal, one block. Nice across the board production, but he's more of a 14-team league guy. So why did play only 19 minutes. He had 15 points in that time. He was a minus 10, but yeah, it was a 15-point guy. That's not bad. It's the fact that Brunson and Corley Stein in the bench unit were rolling. Jalen Brunson scored 21 points with five assists. Willie Corley Stein played 23 minutes and had 14 and six and was a plus 19. So Carlisle, while that bench was rolling, just said, shit, we're just going to play these guys. Sorry, KP, like come back in the next game. Don't panic. It's not an injury. It's not a changing of the guard. It's not anything like that. It's just that Brunson and Corley Stein were rolling and Carlisle kept him in. For Brunson, though, he's taking Trey Burke's minutes. He's got nice 14-team league value as a points and assists player. Hardaway had 16, while Richardson, the struggle continued. 10 points, 5 assists. He's up, he's down. He's more 14-team league and 12, than 12-team uh, than must roster. He's a 12-team stream type of a player. While Kleber, yeah, look, just again, another disappointing night from Big Maxi, who uh, should be better than what we've seen from him there. This episode is brought to you by 1010. Now, you may have read about this in the New York Times, InStyle Magazine, or Forbes, and we're excited to tell you about it. 1010 is an exclusive collection of 10 one-of-a-kind engagement rings designed by 10 of the most distinctive designers working today. Using only diamonds responsibly sourced from Botswana, 10 design masters have each produced a uniquely beautiful commitment ring. They're available now exclusively at BlueNile.com, and when they're gone, they're gone. We all know that the diamond engagement ring is iconic. It's a timeless expression of the deepest commitment between two people. And with 1010, it's been beautifully re-envisaged in the hands of 10 modern designers working exclusively with sustainably sourced diamonds. If you're ready to mark a special commitment or looking for a unique and meaningful way to celebrate Valentine's Day, you're definitely going to want to check this out. Again, this exciting limited edition collection of diamond engagement rings is now available exclusively at BlueNile.com. Let us go on to the next game. We're looking at the LA Clippers. They take down the Minnesota Timberwolves, again, as they should have, 119-112. Patrick Beverly returned, and he started next to Reggie Jackson. Beverly was on a minutes limit, played 18, had 6-3 and three with a block. I think he will get back to 12-team league value, back end 12-team league value, but he will get there. Well, Jackson 
had 15 points in 27 minutes. I'm not sure that those two guys starting together will be something they continually roll with and how Jackson's minutes will look once Beverly's pushed back up. So I think if you do have a roster spot that you need, Jackson can be a drop. Big game from Lou Williams, absolutely. 29 minutes, 27 points, four assists, two steals. He is taking up a lot of usage with Paul George out. I am not 100% convinced that it maintains, but for the time being, if you want some points, go and add him. That's great production. The fun guy, Kawhi Leonard. I'm a fun guy. <laughs> 36 and 8, five assists, five threes, two steals, one block. Great game again from Leonard Wall. 10 points for Serge Barker in 20 minutes. Not the greatest game. He is trending towards a drop. I'm not with him there yet, but he's trending that way. Well, only 17 minutes for Zubats. They played Marcus Morris at center a lot. Just a quick reminder, Marcus Morris is nowhere near a 12-team league guy, so don't even bother. They played Batum and Morris as the four and the five for about eight minutes, I think, in that fourth quarter, and that's why both Abaka and Morris's playing time was down. Guys, Carl Anthony Towns is back. 31 minutes, 18 and 10, two threes. Didn't get to the free throw line. He's back, and that's the most important thing. Great to have him out there. Great to say he, uh, see him playing. Great to see him... Um, just producing the amount of absolutely foolish vitriol regarding Towns. How soft is this guy? When's he coming back? He's never coming back. That sort of stuff pisses me off no end. And when I see it, I will absolutely call you out because I hate it. It just pisses me off, no doubt. The dude lost seven family members to COVID. He then contracted COVID. He pushed back within two weeks after he dislocated his wrist. This is a guy that two years ago, people could not get their hands around his sausage quickly enough to say how much of an Iron Man never misses games, literally never misses. And now, what a soft cock, can't play, soft as butter, weak as piss. It annoys me so much. But he's awesome, he's back, let's hope for good health moving forward. I'll tell you what we've got to watch for. Uh, a new coach, that'd be awesome, but Jaden McDaniels. 18 minutes, 10 points, two threes, four blocks. Now, they run a starting lineup out there without a power forward in sight. And then they run a bench unit with two power forwards. So one of them has to play small forward. The logic from Ryan Saunders, it's never there. McDaniels is trending absolutely in the right direction. I'm not saying that he's a must-roster 12-team league guy, because he's not. At some point, at some point, Saunders is going to say, well, we've got two power forwards. Both of them are significantly better than the bloke we used to start there, Juancho Hernan Gomez, who's out of the rotation. The other guy we started there, Jake Lehman, who's out of the rotation. Or the bloke we're currently starting there, Josh Okogie. Those two guys are McDaniels and Vanderbilt. Can they fit next to Towns? Yeah, of course they can. I think they'd be awesome next to Towns. I wouldn't, again, I wouldn't say they're must-roster 12-team league guys, but they're trending, oh, especially McDaniels. He's trending up in a hurry. If, you, if you're in a competitive league and waiver wires get stripped yeah, pretty quickly, you might want to take a look at McDaniels. 20 minutes for Naz Reed here. Played a little bit next to Towns. Great night. 23 points, 69% shooting. Giggity. Two blocks, two threes. Not sure how often they'll do that, but really good night. We know he's a name to watch. I think he's a 12-team drop, but that was obviously encouraging. While Malik Beasley did his thing, 21 points, 33% eh, shooting is not great, but another volume night. While Anthony Edwards, I worried about how things would go with Towns and Russell back. Still no Russell, but usage under 18%. 11 points in 30 minutes. I'm still holding in 12-team leagues, but I think it probably won't go that way. Um, yeah, I think, it I think it probably won't um, leave. Yeah, he won't remain a must-roster 12-team league guy when everyone returns. Also, keep an eye on Jalen Noel. If Malik Beasley does get suspended by the NBA, 
I could see Noel getting you know, 20, 22 minutes a night, and deeper leagues will want to pay attention to that. I have no idea why someone like Josh Okoge, with a team worst minus 14, as one of the worst offensive players on a team that does include Ricky Rubio, um, shoots 14 times for a true shooting of 33%, has 10 points. At least he had 10, two steals, but he is going way back in my estimations. I don't know what the hell they do when Culver returns, because he's almost as bad, uh, if not worse. Um yeah, really interesting to see how they run that rotation once those guys are back. But some positive signs with Towns returning, which is awesome, and the play of Jaden McDaniels. Absolutely awesome to see a guy uh, step up the way that he did in this one. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football's over, but the NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. Bet Online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds, and it's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit by using our promo code LOCKEDON. BetOnline are your online sportsbook experts. Okay. Let's go on to the next game now. It is the Memphis Grizzlies taking care of the Charlotte Hornets, 130 to 114. LaMelo Ball, only 28 minutes, still filled it up. 17, 2 and 5, three steals and a block. And the talk coming from the Hornets is that the minutes were limited because this game was a blowout. He's been playing an absolute shit ton and just trying to ease that load off his body. Giggity! Um, when the game was out of hand. So don't panic. Don't worry. Uh, still cu- curious about what they do when Graham comes back, but that's there's nothing to worry about there. Terry Rogier, at this point, this dude's just a very good shooter. 34 points. He's not a point guard's asshole, but he's a very good shooter. 34 points, six triples, three assists, and a steal. Perfectly suited to be that shooting guard. While another big night for Miles Bridges, who continues to outperform Paul Washington. 15 and 10 in 31 minutes, a steal and a block. He's 113th ranked player somehow this year. He had 32 fantasy points here. Big rebounds in three consecutive games. He's got to be a 12-team league player, which feels hard to see how that continues, but it's continuing. Washington played 29 minutes and was atrocious. He has really struggled since returning from his foot injury. I wouldn't be surprised if there is something going on with that. And the fact that they're playing Biombo 13 minutes is really hurting Washington, much like we talked about with John Collins before. Washington gets his value from playing as a center, and if we're going to see Biombo out there for 13 minutes, which could be going towards Washington, then his value is going to hurt. Zala played only 23 minutes, just the nine points there. I think he's still a soft hold, but minutes are trending down, while Haywood had 15 points in 30 minutes. For the Grizzlies, we had Kyle Anderson have 27 points with six triples and one block. Anderson hit like three threes in a row in about a minute at one point in this game. Another big Valanciunas. Actually, back to Anderson. He only played 24 minutes. Again, this rotation, they are missing Jackson, Clark, Melton, Winslow. That is four rotation players. I do not know how things are going to work. I am the most confused when trying to forward project this team. Anderson's the 88th ranked player this year. He had 37 fantasy points here, but if he was outside the top 150 from here on out, I wouldn't be surprised. It's just so hard to grasp. Hold on to him. 29 points for Valanciunas. So 29 minutes for Valanciunas, 12 and 15 for 39 fantasy points. Not the best night, but not bad. Well, Dylan Brooks, again, I'll always give guys praise when they have good games. Dylan Brooks had 20 points. He had four threes. He had four assists. He was a plus 15. It's a really good night from Dylan Brooks. Two really good nights in a row. Still struggling, still shooting under 30% from three from the year, but really good. Again, hard to see him as a must roster guy as we move forward. Great game from Desmond Bain. Love it. 18 points, four threes, two steals, two assists. Love this bloke. Should start every game, but he won't. 
how the hell do the minutes go when he's playing well and Brooks is playing well and Allen's playing well and Jones is playing well and the worst card on the team apparently is Ja Morant. Just keep that in mind. He's got the worst net rating on this team. What the hell do they do when Melton returns as well? And that's the problem. I'm happy to add Bain in 14s. I'd be okay with adding him in 12s. But how he goes moving forward, I've got no idea. Morant continues to be a buy low. He's just not very good at the moment. 15 points, 11 assists, can't hit shots, can't get steals, doesn't get threes, poor from the free throw line. The ankle injury injury has screwed him up. Um, And that happens a lot. He remains a buy low. But over the last two weeks, he's the 120th ranked player. Uh, really, really struggling at the moment. <clears throat> Interesting to see Jeng play more minutes than the cashier Xavier Tillman in this one as well. Not something that I like to see, but it's something that I did see, so I have to comment on it. Let's talk about the next game now. The Brooklyn Nets and the Indiana Pacers. This was not as close as that score would tell you. 104-94, the Nets get the win. They were 30-plus points up at halftime. How about the dart? Problem with my Gogomobile. Gogomobile. No, not the da. Not the da. Goga Badadze, 13 minutes, 4 points, 5 rebounds, 1 steal, and 3 blocks. Miles Turner's getting traded at some point from this team, whether it's this year, the offseason, next year, I don't know. He's not long for this team. He's not long-term for this team, I believe. Badadze is a guy that I've talked about since the draft, and we're seeing the flashes this year. Just don't forget the name. Sabonis had 18 and 9, 2 steals and a block. Man, getting eight, 2 steals and a block from DeMontis Sabonis... Holy shit, what day is it? That is, uh, that's massive. Well, Malcolm Brogdon, remember when he was the sell-high guy? Now he's a buy-low guy. 95th over the last two weeks. 15, 5, and 6. And that's why you sell high when the bloke's 12th and you buy-low when he's 95th, which he is over the last two weeks. Can't hit shots. Steals have regressed. He doesn't look very good. Justin Holiday, 12 and 4, 4 threes. Continues to be a back-end 12-team league guy. Well, Dougie McDirt had 12 and TJ McConnell had 13, 7 and 5. 7 and 4, sorry. Jeremy Lamb. Josh, you don't know what you're talking about. Jeremy Lamb's going to regress. He's awesome. Lamb had three points in 25 minutes on 20% shooting, and he's really struggling at the moment. He will be better than this. So on the flip side, well, not the flip side, the exact opposite, the exact same as Malcolm Brogdon, when he was shooting 100% from the line and blocking shots and going 58% from the field and having high usage and playing 33 minutes a night straight away, and I said, you maybe want to sell high on it, Now, when he's coming back and shooting 20% and playing 24 minutes, now he's a buy low. I don't believe that Lamb will necessarily be a must-roster 12-team league guy all season. That's going to depend on when Warren and when Levert come back. Because when they do, Lamb holds no value. But for now, I'm holding. But again, it just goes to show that some things that are unsustainable, that look unsustainable, usually turn out to be unsustainable. And that's, again, it's such a, it can be a hard lesson to learn. When you're seeing something happening in front of your face and he's playing 33 minutes and scoring 20 points and hitting four threes, and you go, man, there's no way this can't continue. But you know, looking at this stuff, you have to realize that at most times it, it does regress. For the Nets, Kyrie had 35, 4, and 8. 17 of 17 from the line, blocked two shots, while Jimmy Harden had 19, 11, and 5. And how about the guy playing the most minutes on this team? DeAndre Jordan, 37 minutes, 12 and 13 with three blocks. Do not get excited. It is going up against the big men of the Pacers. He still maintains that value uh, for field goal percentage with some boards for some teams, but he's not for everybody. I think Jeff Green's a drop. Seven points in 24 minutes. He'll go up and down, as is the nature of Jeff Green's career, but not a must-roster 12-teamer, while Joe Harris had 17 points. And uh, the Shark, Bruce Brown. Baby Shark, 
Started in place of Durant, but really, we're not adding him. Two points, four rebounds, no defensive stats, no assists. He can be better than this. Probably can't be worse than this. So just look at him as a, uh, a deeper league sort of guy uh, only. Nov Vonley, just two garbage time minutes again. People thought he was going to play a large, large role. He is the deepest of deep league guys. He just isn't as good as, uh, as what you may think. All right, let's move on to the next game now. Wow, what an ass-kicking this is. If you are an Andre Drummond fan, probably want to skip forward a few minutes. The Cavs, 95. The Nuggets, 133. Jarrett Allen and Andre Drummond started together again. It didn't go particularly well, as it was always an absolutely ridiculous move in the first place for uh, JB Bickerstaff to go through. I know that Kevin Love and Larry Nance are out. What other choice do they have? Plenty of them. Dylan Windler. Dorian Prince, Chetty Osman, Dean Wade, someone who's a four. Allen played all right, 26 minutes, 18 and 10 with a block, 64% from the field, 80 from the line. He is categorically better than Andre Drummond. From a fantasy perspective, if they play the same minutes, Drummond will destroy him. He will piss all over him. It'll be game over. Drummond is better from fantasy. No doubt about that. He's a much worse real-life player. Drummond played 16 minutes here, had 4 and 6, was a negative 28 in 16 minutes. That is very, very hard to do. Other players were a negative 28, Darius Garland, but he played 26 minutes, an extra 10 minutes. Drummond was poor. I know they want to give Allen minutes. You know the way to do it? Play him above the worst player, which is Drummond. I was very worried about Andre Drummond's value once the trade for Allen went through um, because he wouldn't play 38 minutes a night, which he was doing before that. The minutes have come down, quite obviously. Uh, I think they should come down further. I do not think... Andre Drummond's the 42nd ranked player this year in category leagues. I think outside the top 50 is a realistic expectation for him. He just isn't very good. You're holding Allen at this point. You think at some point bigger staff will realize the absolute ineptitude of uh, Andre Drummond. Shit night from Darius Garland. Got some early fouls that limited him. Seven points, five assists, 50% shooting, but just poor all around. And I know I've mentioned this a few times, but I'm a bit worried about Colin Sexton. Multiple ankle injuries. Now, let's start with a positive. He had eight assists. That's, that is a positive for Colin Sexton. Um, a guy that doesn't normally get huge amounts of assists. Talked about him on the potential assist throw earlier today. Eight assists is good. But yeah, still can't rebound. No steals, no blocks, no threes. Didn't get to the line. Only four points. He is absolutely falling at the moment. He is not going to be as good as he was to begin this season, but he also is um, going to be better than what he currently is, but it's a real slump for him. Winler was good again, 11 and 8, 17 minutes, 1-3, 1 block. Just don't be a coward, JB. Start him at power forward. He's more of your future than Prince. He's more of your future than Drummond. He's more of your future than Nance. He's more of your future than Love. He's more of your future than White. He's, He's more of your future than anybody on this team. Power forward-wise. Absolutely keep an eye on him. If I'm in a 16-team league, I'm adding Dylan Windler. I would consider it in a 14-team league. Now, it probably won't come true because politics and bad coaching often intertwine, resulting in worse players playing fewer minutes. But he's a name to watch. Torian Prince had 12 points in 24 minutes with 3-3. It's not a bad game for him. Still just a deeper league player. While Osmond's... Remember Osmond's value at the start of the season? Well, he's back outside the top 200 now. Two points in 22 minutes. There. Just a horrible performance from Cleveland, who's been playing well this year, but did not play well here. 
But the Nuggets, it helps when you play the Cavs because Paul Millsap played 27 minutes, had 22 points, two threes, two steals, and a block. I still look at him as more of a 14-team league guy, but that's a couple of good performances in a row from Paul. Don't get too excited. 88% shooting. Not going to happen. Mick Porter, only 28 minutes. Now, the blowout reduces that, but it's encouraging to see him getting the same amount of minutes close to close to it with Barton, more than Murray, similar to Jokic. 19-5, and five, four threes, two steals, two blocks. It feels like anyone could have played well in this game, but Porter did play well, and that's encouraging. Zeke Naji, what the hell? He got in the game in the fourth quarter, had 14 points with four threes. He didn't do anything else, but he bombed away. That's just a deeper league watch, or it's a future dynasty watch, but it happened, so we've got to mention it. Only 13 minutes for Jermichael Green. I wouldn't worry too much there, while Barton had 16 in 27 minutes, not a 12-team league guy. And even though everyone's feasting against the Cavs, the headmaster, Jamal Murray, has eight points in 25 minutes. He is really struggling, and I do not think that the top 50 is... Um, yeah, I don't think that the top 50 is really where he is going to end up this season, unfortunately for him. Bol Bol, well down the rotation. He had the fewest minutes on this team behind even someone by the name of Marcus Howard. And if you don't know who Marcus Howard is, I that's, that's fine. It's, you don't have to know who Marcus Howard is. Let's go on to the next game. The Chicago Bulls beat the rampaging... Rampaging? No. The rampaging Chicago Bulls beat the streaking... New Orleans Pelicans, 129-116. How's Lonzo Ball going? The answer's pretty well. 34 minutes, 21-5-7, two steals, four threes. Literally, as soon as the report came out, you're getting traded, he just went crazy. Like, he has been amazing. Top 40 player over the last two weeks. Just big minutes, big production. He looks awesome. Zion. Didn't quite put it together in every area, but hit the free throws. Big field goal efficiencies. Big scoring, 29-4-2 with a steal. He looks awesome. But guys, how... About Kyra Lewis. He's going to be good, guys. He's going to be good. 14 points, 24 minutes, 4 assists, 2 steals, 71% shooting. Forget Nikhil Alexander-Walker. Trade bloke so this guy can start. He's not an ad. Or is he? 16-team leagues, I'd add him. I played him in DFS today. That worked out pretty bloody well. Um, I like him. He's ahead of Alexander-Walker to me pretty clearly. And I think that he will start games this year. Keep an eye on him. Add him in deeper leagues. If you've got bench or stash capabilities, go for it. Brandon Ingram, 21-5-4, but poor shooting, but good night overall. Yeah, Steven Adams, they don't... Anytime when they they can get a chance to, to limit him, they seem as they do. 22 minutes for Adams on the back-to-back, three and six. While Bill Hernan Gomez wasn't able to continue his form from yesterday, just the nine points in 14 minutes. Same with Josh the Hitman Hart, who played 27. He had eight points with two threes and two steals. Still more of a 14-team leaguer. It feels like Alexander Walker's on the outside looking in. Zero points in nine minutes. <clears throat> Happy to drop him in 12 and probably in 14-team leagues. I think Lewis is ahead of him at this stage. For the Bulls, Zach Levine. Wowie. 46 points, 38 minutes, nine triples, seven rebounds, four assists and a block. This guy has been amazing this year. He's the 10th-ranked player over the course of the season. I think he can finish in that area. Absolutely fantastic stuff. I had him in my all-star team. <clears throat> Kobe White's got a lot of shit. From me included, but he was great as well. 30 points, 8 triples, 7 assists. I don't buy it for a single second. There was a lot of pressure on him, but to see him come out and perform like that with that pressure is awesome, and I really feel good for him. <clears throat> Still hold him. Garrett Temple had 10 points in 36 minutes. Uh, he had 7 assists. He started the second half for the Hammer Denzel Valentine. 
Don't get too excited for Temple. We've seen this story so many times. Well, the Thad Young cool-off is happening. Eight and seven in 27 minutes with four assists. While Denzel the Hammer Valentine had 16 points. He had four threes, but only played 23 minutes. And Pat Williams is just going to go through rookie struggles. He is still a fringy type of 12-team guy. Seven and five with two steals and two blocks. And Sadoransky, eight assists in 19 minutes. Had some fouls. That did limit him somewhat. But you know I really like Sadoransky. I do think that he is a starting point guard in the NBA. Um... You have some good numbers for him there, good assist stream things, but that's really about it. Um, <clears throat> Dan Gafford, again, three blocks, good block streamer, but only 17 minutes. You want him to push to 25 or 24 for him to be a must-roster 12-team league guy, and he isn't there at that point. All right, on to the next game. We had uh, pretty a couple of tight ones uh, to finish the day. The Bucks go down to the Suns, 125 124, Yanni Antetokounmpo. Big minutes. Giannis Antetokounmpo. 38 minutes, 47 points, 11 rebounds, and 5 assists, and 17 of 21 from the line. Hope you can turn it around from there. I'm not holding my breath, but I hope you can. Middleton, 18, 5, and 11. His big assist run continues while the big ragu, Dante DiVincenzo, 10 and 5, two threes, two steals. He's the guard to add with Drew Holiday out. Yes, Bryn Forbes played 30 minutes. Yes, Bryn Forbes scored 17 points. He hit five threes. He also had zero rebounds, zero assists, zero steals, zero blocks, and he is not a 67% shooter. He is not this good. We have seen Bryn Forbes as a starter many times in the past. He can be a fine 14-team league guy. He can be a stream option for threes and points, but he is not a guy that you give up anything at all valuable to add. Bob Portis, only 19 minutes, but a very efficient 12 and 9. Another good game from Portis, while Lopez had 10 and 6. In his 31 minutes, Lopez continues, or not Lopez, Portis continues to impress with his improvement in his efficiency. For the Suns, Chris Paul returned and had 28 with 7 assists, 4 threes and 2 steals. He was great, but of course, with Paul returning, Devin Booker's assist disappeared. He had 30 points. That's good. Six rebounds, three assists. That's shithouse. Zero steals, zero blocks, seven of eight from the line, and the struggles continue with Booker. They started Kaminsky and Aiton again, which on the surface makes zero sense. As much sense as seeing Frank Kaminsky get eight assists makes. It makes none. 14, eight, and eight for Kaminsky. He played 35 minutes, but let's uh, say something. He was a plus three. DeAndre Aiton was a minus four. I can't see how you can continue with this, but in a 14-team league, you know what? Take a flyer on Frank Kaminsky. No worries. Add him. See, see what happens here. Because Cam Johnson played 20 off the bench, and Jay Crowder played just 26. Crowder pulled in 14 boards somehow. Uh, had a triple one as well. But they're just he's just a 14-team league option, and Johnson's probably more 16 to, 14 to 16-team leagues at this point. You'd be surprised to know it was a shit-ass effort from DeAndre Ayton. 17 and 7, uh, two free-throw attempts, only 10 field goals, no assists, no steals, no blocks. He is the 61st ranked player this season and continues to struggle, which is highly, highly frustrating because we know that he can be much better than this. Bridges had 15 and four with three threes. Great shooting night from McCall Bridges. Um, yeah, turned it on uh, in the last couple of games after his uh, shooting numbers had been down recently. All right, so on to the last game of the night. Of course, it was an overtime game. The Lakers... They get over the Thunder, 114-113. Another big one from Al Horford. 25-8-8, four steals, one block. He was poor to start this season. He's absolutely rolling at the moment. He is a bit of a sell high, but man, he is killing it. Kenrich Williams, 40 minutes, 24 points. I don't think he scored at all in the fourth quarter overtime. Six rebounds, three steals, two threes. He's not a 79% shooter. He's not a 21% usage player. This is a great line. There's no doubt about that, but 
He's only a very deep league guy, and of course, that is because Shea and Roby and Teo Maladon were all out of this one. Lou Dort struggled very much early on, but came alive in overtime with 17 points in 41 minutes. He had five rebounds, four assists, and two steals, but I only look at him as a deeper league guy. And MC Hamadou Diallo. Stop. time. 15 and 13, 5 assists, 39% shooting. He's going to always hurt you in the percentages. He did fall off as the game went on, but for the time being, while there is doubt over Maladon and Gildas Alexander, he does have 12-team league value. I don't think it's going to last long-term, but for the short-term, it's there. Poor night from Baisley, 9 points in 43 minutes. The shooting is a consistent concern for him. Um, if you want to move on from him, I, I totally understand it, and I'm probably getting a little bit to that area myself at the moment. Uh, I don't think his upside is particularly high, um, and he, he's just not producing at this point. So if you want to move on, I, I totally get it. The Lakers were without Anthony Davis again. So LeBron James, LeBron James had 25, 6, and 7. And Cole Kuzma, really nice game. 15 and 9 in 39 minutes. No indication to add him, though. While Schroeder had 19, 7, and 5. And Harold played 33 minutes, 20, and 4. A lot of those numbers bumped up because of the uh, overtime. I'd, considering sell, I'd consider selling Harold high after that game. Wes Matthews stepped up with Caruso out. He had 10 points in 30 minutes. While it was a pretty poor night from Horton Tucker, who'd been playing well. I think he is still a 14-team league guy. He had four points in those 19 minutes, but that's not something for us to get too excited about long-term in uh, standard formats. Let's have a look now at the top ads over the last 24 hours. Bryn Forbes up 20%. That paid off today. I don't think he's a long-term 12-team league guy. Dougie McDirt up 18. Hopefully just a streamer for the back-to-back. Lou Williams up 18%. I can get behind that. Josh Hart up 16, people overreacting to the game against the Rockets, and Barton's up 14%. Absolutely fine as a streamer, but no real long-term value. For the drops, Emmanuel quickly down 13%, makes sense. Melton down 9, yep. Jeff Green down 7, absolutely. Rob Williams down 6%, yep, no problem with that. And Xavier Tillman, the cashier, down 5%. Yes, uh, Gorgie Jeng played more minutes than him today. The monstrous line of the night goes to Zach Levine. He had 46 points with 9 threes and 7 rebounds. He is amazingly a top 10 player this year. Had no indication that he would be that, but he has been ridiculously good. And the other guy who is the rookie of the night is Zach Levine. No, it's it's not Zach Levine. Jesus. LaMelo Ball, 17 points, 5 assists, 3 steals, limited minutes. LaMelo continues to impress with his big numbers, and I am really intrigued to see what happens with him once Graham is back. But he's the 53rd ranked player this year in just 27 minutes a night. I think it's going to get real exciting. Now, let's look at the top 10, but I'm doing it a little bit different today, and that uh, picture has not updated. There you go. I'm looking at the top 10 players rostered in under 50% of leagues uh, in our advanced adv- uh, roster percentage metric to tell you whether I think they're worth looking at. Paul Millsap at number one. No, 14-team leagues. Kenrich Williams at number two. No, a fluky performance. Number three, Jaden McDaniels. We're absolutely watching the shit out of Jaden McDaniels with his four blocks. Nice 14-teamer. Desmond Bain at number four. Really liked what he did again today, but the minutes crunch is a worry. By all means, take a flyer. Garrett Temple, just really short term. Number six, RJ Hampton. Love what Hampton's doing. I think he might actually start for them next season. That's a bold call, but we'll see where that goes. No value this year. Finney Smith at seven, yeah, deeper leagues. Goga Badadze, yeah, deeper leagues. Number nine, Josh the Hitman Hart. Still more of a 14-team league guy. Well, number 10, Alex Len. I think he is an interesting 12-team league player. Let me know what you thought about my change-up of the top 10 there. And now, let's talk some DFS for Thursday. All right, let's take a look at Thursday. Five games on. 
bit of an update of what's going on. We know Christian Wood. First game, actually, Miami and Houston. Christian Wood is out again. But we'll have Wall, Oladipo, and Gordon all playing together. So expect some smaller numbers for those guys, for Tate, for House as well. Um, when they all have to, Sterling Brown may not even be in the rotation. They're all going to get squeezed a little bit, so expect that. While for the Heat, we're still without Goran Dragic and Avery Bradley. So Kendrick Nunn, I imagine, will start once more at point guard. The Raptors and the Celtics. Uh, OG Ananobi is questionable. He could return. What that does to Norm Powell is the real big question there. While for Boston, it's the first of a back-to-back, so I expect Kemba to play. Then he sits out on Friday. They'll have no Marcus Smart once again, so they'll probably go with that double big lineup. The Pacers and the Pistons. Pacers three-point favorites in this one. They're getting uh, beaten pretty handily by the Brooklyn Nets on uh, on, on Thursday. Uh, sorry, on Wednesday. Um, so they're going to back it up here. Dennis Smith's going to make his Detroit debut. Um, so that's going to be one to see how that impacts Delon Wright. The Magic and the Warriors, uh, no James Wiseman for Golden State, while Orlando, both Cole Anthony and Evan Fournier are questionable, and that has some real uh, real things we need to pay attention to in that backcourt. Dwayne Bacon, Frank Mason would be the two starters who jump in there if those two guys happen to be out. Well, the last game is the Sixers and the Blazers. Shake Milton is doubtful for Philadelphia, so I imagine Tyrese Maxey just gets back into the rotation there, while for Portland... Still going to be without McCollum and Nurkic. You have Jones and Covington starting with Cantor and Lillard and Gary Trent once more. So the same sort of sort of starting group there for Portland. While Nasir Little has been upgraded to question whether he plays or not remains to be seen. Some just early value plays. I think 5500 on Fangio for Kemba is a pretty good price. I think we can have a go at DeMarcus Cousins again. I don't mind Wiggins. I don't mind Josh Jackson quite a bit. Um, Seth Curry looks good. I like Jim Butler. I like Lillard. Um... John Wall looks okay as well. Delon Wright, a bit of risk in Delon though, but I think he's still got some value. That'll do it for me today. Don't forget to subscribe Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on YouTube. Give it a thumbs up. Leave your comments. Do all of that stuff that helps out the show. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.